The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. 2023 looks like it's going to end up being a very substantial reduction in inflation without a big increase in the unemployment rate. Mm -hmm. That's the golden path that I talked about. But we're still above the target. I still caution everybody, it's not done. And so the data is going to drive what's going to happen to rates. For sure, it's too early to declare victory. I'm not sure if that was for us, the market, or for the chairman himself. That was Chicago Fed President Austin Gorsby warning the inflation fight isn't over. Speaking to CBS over the weekend, joining a chorus of Fed officials pushing back on rate cut speculation in the wake of Jay Powell's dovish outlook. Former New York Fed President Bill Dudley calling Powell's comments a gamble, warning, quote, there's plenty that can go wrong. Powell has repeatedly emphasized that the Fed must finish the job. Yet the more weight he puts on cutting rates to avoid a recession, the greater the risk of falling and failing to control inflation, of markets getting a big, unpleasant surprise. One way or another, 2024 promises to be an interesting year. Thanks for teeing that up, Bill. Let's start the conversation there. Just why do you think that is so risky and what on earth happened at the news conference last week? We spoke immediately afterwards. You've had an extra week. What was that, Bill? I think he's been very pleased with how, how the economy's performed. We've had pretty sturdy growth, yet uh, the inflation rate has come down. Uh, so the prospects of a soft landing have gone up. I think that's all really good and positive. What I don't understand is why you'd want to add fuel to the fire and cause financial conditions to ease uh, substantially, which is what he what he provoked last last week. So stocks are up quite a bit. Uh, bond yields are down. Financial conditions are much more accommodative. The Goldman Sachs Financial Condition Index, for example, is eased by a full percentage point uh, at a time that the economy has been growing at an above trend pace. So to me, it's I worry that the Fed's not going to finish the job. Uh, he's behaving a little bit more like Arthur Burns than he is like Paul Volcker. <laughs> Bill, let's build on that just a touch more. Do you think he's seduced by the prospect of Ned and the soft landing? Do you think that's what sucked him in a little bit? Well, I think that's certainly what he's trying to achieve. And if I was in his shoes, I would do the same. I think there, there's sort of a contest going on right now between how to think about monetary policy. Is policy really tight because real rates are high and inflation's coming down? Or is policy not so tight because financial conditions have eased significantly and that's providing support to the economy? If you look at the Atlanta Fed GDP now, uh, as for the fourth quarter, it's now tracking 2.6% after a 5.2% growth rate in the third quarter. So it's not really clear that the economy needs a lot more accommodation to support itself. Bill, do you think the Fed Chair Jay Powell understood what he was going to do to markets? I think that he certainly, I hope he understood that he was coming across with a very optimistic sort of framework for the markets to digest. Um, I think that it's true, as Austin Goolsby said a little bit earlier, uh, that this is a forecast. And so if the forecast doesn't materialize and the Fed rate cuts that are promised won't materialize either. So the market may be getting a little bit ahead of itself. This is how Powell thinks the world is going to evolve. Uh, Powell thinks the Fed's going to be cutting rates in 2024. But it's possible that the economy could be firmer for longer, inflation could be more stubborn, and the rate cuts might not actually turn out to materialize. The reason why I ask that is because Fed Chair Powell had an opportunity to push back against the financial conditions and the easing that we have seen. He had a chance to say, this is problematic and moves counter to our goal of bringing inflation down. He didn't. 
And you're saying financial conditions still matter. So why do they still matter? Is it becoming inflationary or at least uh, not necessarily restrictive in a way that's problematic for the Fed to see financial conditions easing as much as you've pointed out they have? Well, the big problem here is that if financial conditions ease a lot, that provides impetus to economic growth. If the economy grows faster, the labor market's tighter, wage inflation's higher, then it's harder to actually achieve your 2% inflation objective. So the question is, does the economy need more fuel? Does the economy need to grow faster? I would say probably no. The labor market's already very, very tight. Wage inflation, as Paul has acknowledged, is above a level consistent with 2% inflation. So I'm not sure why you'd want to put more fuel on the fire. But do you think we've learned enough about the cycle so far, though, to draw conclusions about the contribution of the labor market to overall price pressure and just discount it and say it's not as important as we thought it was? Well, I think it's true that there's a big labor force supply uh, benefit that you got last year. A lot of people rejoined the labor force. So the Fed got sort of had, it, had its cake and eat it, too. They had pretty sturdy growth, but it didn't generate inflation pressure because the labor force expanded uh, to accommodate that growth. Now, the question is, is that going to continue in 2024? Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really important question in the economic outlook. Are we going to continue to see that kind of rapid labor force growth that accommodates payroll gains of 150, 175,000, 200,000 a month. Do you see reason to believe that it won't? I think that, that there's some reason to believe that some of the labor force growth we saw last year was a catch-up, right? You know, basically, you, 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 you opened up immigration again, so you had a surge of immigration, of legal, of legal immigration into the U.S. last year. Uh, work from home allowed uh, uh, working-age women to, to re-enter the labor force. But whether that trend is going to continue at that pace, I would be... Is, Bit, bit skeptical about that. There seems to be an acceptance or reacceptance of the concept of transitory at Fed Chair, uh, among uh, the Fed officials, particularly Fed Chair Jay Powell. Are you pushing back on that? Are you saying it's still too early to say that there's still stickier aspects to inflation that they're discounting? I think a lot of the inflation pressure clearly was transitory. A lot of the upward pressure you saw in goods prices was just due to the pandemic and people increasing their demand for goods temporarily during that shutdown period. Now, when you've opened up the economy, the demand for goods falls, and so that all that price pressure goes away. I think the problem on inflation is really more about pressure on resources in the labor market. The labor market is still very, very tight. Uh, wage inflation is still too high. And if the economy grows at an above-trend pace in 2024, that all that pressure on the labor market is going to increase rather than diminish. So the real question I have in my mind is, is, is monetary policy as tight as the, as the Fed thinks it is? And I think the fact that the Fed has pivoted in this way um, by easing financial conditions, that makes monetary policy less restrictive rather than more restrictive going forward. Some people have speculated that the Fed wants to cut rates in the first half of the year and avoid making any moves whatsoever in the second half because of the presidential election. Do you buy into that? No, I don't buy into it. I think at the end of the day, the Fed acts in a completely apolitical manner because they understand that if they start timing rate cuts or rate increases with the, with the political cycle, that politicizes the Fed and puts them in the middle of the whole debate. So the best thing the Fed can do is they totally ignore the political cycle and do what they think is best to achieve their dual mandate objectives. Let's just sit on the comments we've heard so far. We've had clarifying remarks from New York Fed President John Williams, your old seat bill, clarifying remarks from Goolsby over the weekend, from Mester this morning in the Financial Times. Bill, how does that work? These speeches, these interviews are scheduled well ahead of time, as we know. Is there someone on the committee the Board of Governors that sends out a message to F1 and says, let's all get on the same page. I need you to say X, Y, C, Bill. Does that ever happen? So the answer is yes and no. Uh, yes, uh, John Williams, when John Williams speaks, you have to believe that that's been carefully choreographed with the Board of Governors and Jay Powell. When other Fed presidents speak, 
no, that's not choreographed. That's them operating on their own. So, uh, Paul speaks. Uh, you want to pay. Uh, Paul speaks. You want to pay attention. John Wayne speaks. You want to pay attention because they're part of the troika, the core group that sets monetary policy for the Fed. Which, so I think. Look, I think. I think people are pushing back a little bit. Uh, I think the market is sort of running away f- uh, from them uh, when when the story isn't really completed yet. I mean, Paul's Paul's. You know, remarks last week were all about how he thinks things are going to evolve. We have to see if they actually evolve in that way uh, to provide the motivation for rate cuts. Hey, Bill, appreciate the update. Great piece this morning. Enjoyed the read. Bill Dudley there of Bloomberg Opinion on the gamble he thinks this Federal Reserve is taking with the grand pivot that was seemingly unofficially announced in last week's news conference. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.